0: Hey guys, Alyssa Brody here, and thanks for listening to Not Influenced, The Anatomy of a Hustling Couple. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it, do it better than anybody you ever seen, do it screams oh. from the haters, <laughs> it off nice The second episode of the podcast, we thought it was really important to pick up kind of on a central theme where the first one leaves off. And just to recap the story, at least my story, you know, I come to New York, I'm here, And great. And that kind of like put me on my path. Wonderful. What happened before and after that, I think is something that everyone goes through. And I think that maybe society as a whole is definitely going through this. And then this is the idea of identity and the evolution of one's identity and the crisis mode of one's identity. Since Eric and I kind of try to live our lives understanding that within chaos, there's balance and with balance, there's chaos. I think that the central theme of this podcast is going to be... You know, the chaos surrounding kind of identifying one's own identity and the different evolutionary process processes I don't know, that you kind of can go through.
1: So I'd love for you to tell them a little bit about something that made me so attracted to you back in the day. And that was the identity of who you were before you even came to New York. So tell them a little bit about, you know, how you identify with yourself when you were back in Miami.
0: Yeah, I I think that's great. So I feel very fortunate in that I grew up in a community with an extremely strong identity. So growing up in Miami, let's say Miami proper, we all had a really strong cultural connection in the Cuban migration, the Hispanic, primarily, honestly, Cuban culture. Like, I'll just be completely frank. All my friends, for the the most part, were 100% Cuban. Everyone came from Cuba. The joke was, on what floor was your dad born in Havana? Because it's like, everyone was born in Havana. Or like, either way. So I came to New York with an extremely wait, strong- Wait, wait,
1: wait, Our audience won't understand. How does that manifest itself in who and what you are? To say Cuban culture, look, I know some Latin people, so I'm gonna take, make an assumption of what that means. But what does Cuban culture, and how does that create your identity when you were coming up from New York?
0: I that's a great question. And Thank you. That's, uh, <laughs> that's why we're doing
1: this podcast. <laughs>
0: um, Cubans, I mean, every culture has its own identification, its own and its own roots. And I don't know if anyone. I has know that's why I asked. You about seen, Cuban culture. If anyone has ever seen like Qué pasa USA, it is. That is the show, and it's not relevant now, but it used to be a great show. And it was about this family who like migrated from Cuba. And it's la abuelita and abuelito and the two the siblings and the mom and the dad, they all live in the same house. And I guess the best way to describe the Cuban culture is it's an extremely passionate culture, but it's a really loving culture and it's a really tight-knit identity.
1: So you had this identity steeped in the Cuban culture. What was the reasoning why you wanted to step outside of just yourself to create, let's just say for this theme, a new identity? What was that? What was the reasoning behind it? Why did you step out of your comfort zone?
0: So I think actually it starts before I moved and my mom stepped me outside my comfort zone when I was, I guess, whenever you finished fifth grade. So what happened was given this tight tight knit community, my mom was a little different. So my mom was one of the few divorced moms, which was unheard of back then. So that always made her a little bit different. She always wanted more for me, always. Wanted more than anyone. So I guess my first change in like kind of breaking ties or feeling okay with not being like so tight in that community or my first breakaway from it was when we moved to a predominantly white Area in Pembroke Pines, which was a new community at the time. And my mom wanted to move me away because she didn't want me to go to the Catholic middle school that everyone was going to go to, and then thereafter, the Catholic high school. She wanted me to go to a public school where I was around, you know, I guess more of a mix of the kids. And she really also felt that the Florida public school system gave a lot of deference later on, like scholarships or whatever for college. And she wanted to just set me up. Obviously remember my last episode, it was all about educating me and getting me on that path. Wait a sec, wait, wait, wait,
1: I'm confused. So you got your mother, she got a divorce, that's counterculture. Fine. That's interesting. But are you saying that because she moved to get a better education for her daughter, that was something that's, was like, devastated. super controversial? I don't find that to controversial. be controversial to me that your mother wanted better for you. No. That's she not what I'm saying. away
0: from, like, the community. So everyone lives in this area. Like, highly Leah. relates everyone. And my mom decides to up and leave 45 minutes away to Swampland. Oh, basically.
1: shit. 45 whole <laughs> minutes away? Horrible. That's crazy.
0: So here's the worst part, though. She did it. She actually did it when I was still in elementary school.
1: There's your crisis. So yeah. how did you react?
0: So you're in middle school, sixth grade. And I guess what I did was I, be- this is when I first, like, I became a chameleon. And I learned to do it really well throughout my the rest of my life. And what I mean by a chameleon was like, it doesn't mean like everyone liked me or that I was friends with everyone because trust me, I got my ass beat because I had a major attitude and everyone actually didn't like me for the most part or people prejudged me. So I kind of just assimilated with the group that I had the most common with, but never really was in it, right? And then I stayed really close to all my elementary school friends. To this day, he can testament that like, those are my friends now. And I finally graduated and my mom was like, great, we can move back to Miami because I was in Broward. So by the way, Broward and Miami are not the same. Like you can't say you're from Miami and you're living in Broward. So I was like a fraud for like eight years. And then my mom's like, great, we're moving back to the beach. I was like, yes. So now I discover beach kids. Totally different than my private school kids from inland Miami. Now I'm with the beach kids. And the beach kids is my first like Jewish kids, like wealthy Jewish kids. Or like wealthy Latin American kids. like And Whatever. The point is that um I think all these moves and all the assimilation and all kind of the changes made me realize very early on in life that I was kind of like this chameleon loner, which I think is very different than just being a loner because I am very social and I'm able to have real genuine connections with people, but not necessarily that I felt like I was part of it. And even when I tried to do cheerleading, things like that, I did it because I knew like it was what I should have done, you know, like so. This was elementary, middle school, like two of the biggest times in your life, right? That's
1: kind all of, we are right now. I oh, thought we already got to college.
0: College, then I come here.
1: All right. <sighs> it's
0: a long time. A lot has happened.
1: I know. Yeah, like our audience is you know millennials.
0: Ba, 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 ba. When I moved here, I think I went through the largest identity crisis and shock that I could possibly have gone through, and here is why. And here is something about New York that I learned really later on, the Hispanic culture in New York. When they came, their parents or their migration was um, earlier than let's say my Cubans, right? So Cubans came very late. Let's say we're only one generation, and most of the time, or or not even, okay, right? That's the truth. So what that means, your parents came.
1: What that means, your parents immigrated here they were born in cuba correct and then are you saying that even their kids were mostly born some in cuba some of the, some of the their kids their were kids. born in cuba both. so that's the transition so now so you're talking
0: about transitioning from like the 80s like really, but when was like, the
1: when was the boat lift everyone on this shows know about the mariel mariel was when was the mariel boat lift in right the,
0: well 86, yeah. i don't want to say like wrong dates and have like every cuban historic it, it so was in, in the, the 80s, 80s. yeah that was the biggest wave, but my parents came before, but really no, much you could your say- father. Your father not my father. was born
1: right. in Cuba and so came So you, you can
0: say between this, so basically from the revolution, it started. The wealthiest Cubans left then. So like my grandmother left then. My mom was actually born in Jewish. She left pregnant. Too. So
1: now you come here, boom. So I come here and, and what happens so is, is the, I go epidemic. to law school. What's the culture shock?
0: It's again, all white, but this time we're white. And we're Jewish and we're educated and we're predominantly we're wealthy. I come very, very Cuban and very Miami and like with a heavy accent, and like everyone's a me, like human. I have five pets. I'm different. My nicknames were Miami and they were Soto. I don't think anyone even knew me by my first name. And I had my first night at a bar. One of the kids in school with me literally came up to me drunk, to like, Oh my god! Like, who are you? Like, where do you come from? I like he grew up in the hands, he's Like, don't, they don't make them like you here. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm talking from, about booty. Yeah, I know. I didn't you're know. About okay? I didn't booty. know. You're like the booty, body. the brown That's hair, the body. body. <laughs> like, yeah, I realized that later on when the booty became such a thing in my leggings, and I sat in the front row of every class. However, like. I felt like it wasn't okay to be me almost, right? Which I didn't understand and I didn't really know what to do with that. So I actually did the opposite as I became even more Cuban and even more Miami and even more in your face and obnoxious my first year. So for example, what did I decide to do during Lent? I decided to go get ashes on my head and walk back into the law school and everyone, literally, like, I'm not kidding, so many of my friends, like, what is that? what is that schmutz on your face? It's like, what the fuck is schmutz? I don't even know what schmutz is. Like, what's that glam shit that you're doing? What is that? Like, and it was, Schmutz
1: for our listeners is Yiddish for dirt.
0: Right. So at that time though, I didn't know that. Um, So I think my first year I assimilated and I even drew more back in my culture and I just went home a lot. My second year, I embraced that I was different, but at the same time started to understand that I was changing and I was evolving. And, The second year was the hardest because the second year, I was almost caught in between and I actually started to lose the identity with my own family.
1: So, let me ask you for our our listeners, you know, we want to talk about, you know, not being influenced. So, what was it about? What would you want them to understand about, you know, look, we see you now, you're a successful woman, you're a mother, you know, and you seem to, like, as per social media, to have all your shit together. So we, the listeners, want to understand and, you know, I get to live with you, they want to understand so what would you suggest to them about all of these changes that are occurring and that it obviously doesn't stop at puberty or pre-puberty, it continues to happen throughout your life, you know, what should they understand about identity? What should they take from what you're saying?
0: I think the biggest thing is what makes you okay when you're alone, right? And this is the best way to figure out yourself and I think that this is why I'm such a proponent of meditation, and I'm going to push it every time that I can, is these quiet moments with yourself. When you're by yourself and you think of what brings you joy or what makes you happy or what makes you okay, like that's what you should kind of hold on to for your identity because the rest is going to change, right? The
1: resolution for all these issues and people telling you, especially with social media, man, you better have power within, right? And that power within comes from many different types of practices and many different places within to gain that confidence. But man, with the way that today is going, there better be within you a lot of these powers to be able to go through these identity
0: changes. I meet in four years, I leave school. So I leave the the school world and I become an adult for the first time I enter the real workforce. I meet my husband and we become domestic partners and engaged. I then decide to convert religions. So I completely spend about a year changing religion identities. At which point, then under a hoopah, I never no one, no one in my family ever thought that was gonna happen. (laughs) Under a hoopah, I in Hebrew exchanged vows and changed my last name from Soto to Brody, And I had two kids thereafter. So I changed from being just a woman to then a mother and now to kind of looping it all in and understanding this new identity that has 25 different roles in it at once in four years.
1: So what is the center mass of gravity that allows that identity in that life to change fluidly to in a positive, negative, just change fluidly that that our audience can now understand that, you know, life will change and it will change rapidly to identify and remember who and what you are, or is it that you should change and adapt? You know, this is about your identity. So the bottom line is you've proven it's changed. It's changed many times, but has it, has it really changed? You know, I think right. that pretty much, I don't think you've lost yourself. I think you're pretty, you know, uh, well, actually, similar. Didn't stop you. That's you know, not
0: true. And I think that this happens to women more than men. I think we do lose ourselves. And, and this is the whole point. And this is why I really wanted to do this topic today. Because I feel like it, it is OK to lose oneself. And it's OK to not know what your center of gravity is. And and that is the point, right? Because when you don't know, that's when change occurs. and. What happens is what I think, what, what do you do is that you don't give up, right? The one thing I never did was I didn't succumb. I never gave up. I never just folded. So what, so you what have,
1: inspired you in the dark moments? Because you, you know have what? to, you it's say every
0: it. time it's different, right? So you're going to have to find what you're, Again, those quiet moments when you're by yourself, what brings you joy? And that can be, that's obviously gonna change because if you would have asked me that question five years ago, it wouldn't have been my kids. It may have been a fun night out with my girlfriend Drinking and dancing on tables because that's what brought me joy at that time. So okay, because even in the midst of chaos, and even when I wanted to run home, or I didn't know if I wanted to marry him, or I didn't know if I wanted what? to change Malazi, right? I didn't know if I was. gonna question. Stop giving lying. up Jesus was not a thing for me, and like uh, it was a lot of things. Or what? Or the first time you get pregnant, you're like you're excited, but do I want him? I'm a baby. He's older. I'm doing it. Like so many things, and it's okay. Embrace that mm-hmm. chaos and i think that today everyone's always like what's well, the secret what's the secret the secret is like enjoy the process and i know wait, you're wait. saying, you're saying that.
1: the secret is, i understand it is dancing in the rain
0: it is it's enjoy it so what about you because you don't change your name you haven't changed religion and you haven't had to move for me which all the things i, I don't did age, for you, you know, yeah so, and yeah, you don't have you a know, c-section scar twice like, it's like, it's... so like what about you did you ever feel like this
1: no, definitely. When I was, you know, three, I was like, this is what I'm going to be. No, like something the rest Eric of my people life. don't know Bang! Eric, I'm fucking there. You know, I'm Eric, done. my <laughs> husband, my husband
0: was a chubby kid. His his nickname, I'm going to say it. What? Was Baby Beluga. Because what? he was a chubby swimmer. Why? He was on the swim team, and his speedo was really tight. And he was a goalie in hockey, in case you wanted to know about No, was I was like. not a goalie. Oh.
1: I was goalie in soccer. In hockey, I was a defenseman.
0: You're not good at soccer.
1: I'm very good.
0: I'm not to goal, First
1: off, I was from New York. No so the bottom line is we're not the greatest at a lot of sports. we got a lot of things popping at any one so time.
0: So quickly, what about you?
1: What do you want to know about my And identity? how did
0: you end up with Maybe, a Cuban girl from Miami being here? Like, why would you do that to yourself?
1: Well, because my identity and my internal spirit always is Like a compass that was always directing me in a direction whether I knew it at the time or not. Growing up in Brooklyn during the I grew up, I was born in '78, so in the '80s and yeah. '90s, it was rough before Giuliani really started to clean up street crime. So, when you were a small kid growing up, you were robbed a lot. So, before you could even work on who and what you were, you were already in a protective mode. So, people would say, You know, you have you, you know, you speak with the Brooklyn accent. Well, I also dressed like I was hard. Not because I was, but because I was trying to fit in to maybe not be a mark to have to hide from getting robbed. So you looked like you were hard. So it wasn't until college till the idea of identity even came into my head. Right.
0: You, though, told me this story because I was like, oh, my God, you went to Wisconsin and like, and he was like in like the frat. But he didn't realize that he was cool and he didn't realize, tell them the story about that. Like how like you were just like, oh, fat white boy. And then all of a sudden you realize you're like a hot Jewish, like stud muffin. and well, like, first, you talk brat. about
1: Jews too much. It's not how I identify. Like Jew this, Jew that. That's not the way it goes down. First and foremost, <laughs> growing up in Brooklyn, there are a lot of Jews. In New York City, if you understand the diaspora, Israel, New York, L.A., you know, there's certain areas that have a lot. There's only 18 million right, That's us. what I mean. There's so not a lot of those. To keep exactly. saying it, we're 0.04% of the population. We're extremely small minority. No one's really going to understand what you're saying because there's so few. So you're just... Well,
0: technically, since I only have like 85 listeners and 90% of my friends are from New York and Jewish, they will understand well, what we're saying. I grew up and in Brooklyn. And the other 10% are my family from Miami and they don't listen, understand. Listen, listen. So I, when it. I
1: grew up in Brooklyn... I grew up around everyone. I never identified <laughs> with being Jewish. I identified I was just a white boy at the time. I had to leave my friends if we were playing stickball on the street, roller hockey, football. Nobody else was coming with me to Hebrew school except these three other kids that lived in different neighborhoods. One of them was in my neighborhood another. So you always, your mother would call you, and you'd have to leave your identity of what you thought you identified with to then go for a couple hours to be a Jew. So I didn't identify necessarily with anything except how to protect myself, right? How not to get robbed, how to get through school, get a good enough SAT test so I could get the hell out of New York. That was what I wanted so that I could learn what my identity was. What What I inherently learned when I left New York was all the great gifts that it gave me, right? So my identity might not have been formed, but there were pieces of what I had learned that would be so relevant for the rest of my life, right? And that was when I went to University of Wisconsin it turns out there was this strong cultural component of jews but there was a component of everybody else who went to wisconsin and i never identified with one crew or one people i hung out with everyone Why end and up that's together, something right?
0: like cuz we're the chameleon loners
1: Well, that was something that Brooklyn taught me. I treat the janitor just as well as I treat the president of someone giving me money. I don't look at anyone differently. And when I meet people who will disrespect one or the other for whatever perception, I just don't get along. Right? So I, I was in an identity crisis when I grew up. My identity... I didn't know who the fuck I was. You know, one day <laughs> I'm dressing like I'm hard, Timberlands, you know, baggy pants. The next day I wanted You're a rollerblade. So I got fucking shorts that looked like fucking long, you know, pants, right? One day I was a raver. I put these lips on my sneakers. <laughs> I didn't know Did you ever
0: do the New York God, like the club kids?
1: The reason we went to goth clubs when I grew up is you could get free alcohol. No, but so did with, you do With the freaky goth vampires and the goth kids, <laughs> yeah, we were able to get beer. Club kids <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't there yet. It was a little darker than that. But the bottom line was <laughs> I love that we movie. could get we're alcohol. Like
0: Macaulay Culkin. So. Oh, such a
1: good movie. And anyway, the only way I went out, I had an older sister who would take me out. And I would be like 16 and she'd take me out with her girlfriends. And yes, I hooked up with a couple of her friends. It was amazing. That's neither here nor there. But now... When I went to school and I identified so hard with being from an urban area, the common sense that you learned, the things that you learned, helped form my identity. But the kernels of what I would become were there, right? Treating everyone with respect, looking at things from many different angles, determining quickly using your intuition and your sixth sense, which everyone has forgotten about, you had to. So imagine there's people today who don't know to look within. Me, walking up the block. Same. Three kids could be walking towards me, and you got to make a decision now. Because if you long New York streets, they're long. If those kids are coming to rob me, I got to go the other and way. He didn't have to a bounce.
0: nanny. He didn't have a nanny to protect him. There was no us. nanny. I thought I told her about the so, argument. So I had to learn. I had
1: to learn and identify with people's body language using nonverbal communication as to who and what somebody is. Right? <laughs> those things were the kernels of my identity as I got older. And then when you go to college. And you meet these kids from the rest of the country that are not in an urban environment who are fighting over people looking at them in certain ways. When I'm like, yo, does anyone have a gun or a knife? What are you worried about? Chill out. They're not in your sphere. Martial arts teaches you about spheres. You're not within kicking distance or punching distance. What are you worried about? Chill out. Relax. Wait till they step to you. It was a much different way of looking at it. And I think that the kids that I met that I was chilling with, who I learned much from them too, about forming an identity, about living in certain cultures, just as much as they gained from me about that, that was helping to formulate my identity. And at the end of the day, my identity was that the power comes from within, that I want to be somebody in this world. And it comes from many different places. But look, we wanted to speak about, you know, I think that our audience can relate to both of our stories, but it was much more I wanted to understand how your identity was so formulated with this mass change. Maya changes were more subtle, you you know? Know? and the reason why I married a Cuban woman and not, let's say, if the perception of our culture is that's insulating that you should marry a Jewish girl was i did to grow up like that. If you grew up around Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, black girls, (laughs) Latinx girls, Cuban girls, Irish girls, Italian girls. They never gave
0: attention. No, no, no. I got attention
1: attention from all different women. But the point is, how could you limit yourself to 0.004% of the population when you got a (laughs) whole smorgasbord of people out there? And for me, that was what was important, right? So I I was not looking for a woman who specifically was anything except... That I identified with the power from within. I never that had was a boyfriend was that wasn't Hispanic. Ever. And well, I never had, I- and I never had a girlfriend that was from the same place twice, so that's good. You know? stupid.
0: Oh god. He would have not been my time. Like I'm telling you, you should have seen the wife beater. He looked like Eminem. Like before Eminem was cool, so.
1: Eminem would have th- Eminem would have been influenced by me I was older than Eminem I was the one I would have been before he that He actually
0: you know what he looked like he looked like Marky Mark he was a Marky Mark he was I a Mark Marky Mark I think Marky Mark is my generation 100% you look like Mark but Marky
1: Walmart. Mark was from but I only like Marky Mark
0: now that I'm older when I was younger I was like ugh, I wanted like
1: we were learning stuff from Wu-Tang Clan Piggy Pop. I wanted Enrique you UK know we, you, weren't, you weren't even, <laughs> We weren't even allowed growing up talk about I identity. By
0: that Take rhythm. I was like, oh my God, and Ricky, and Ricky. because before we knew Ricky, <laughs> Ricky was, I mean, she banged, she banged. I would have banged Ricky.
1: He wouldn't have married you.
0: No, I understand that. Later on, Ricky came into his own identity, but I'm just saying, I wasn't, it was, it was all. But I think the, the,
1: the bottom line, and I think super important to just in conclusion so our audience understands is, Take a breather. You, no, no, you said it. I think you said it perfectly. Comfort in discomfort. So many people speak about that. Yeah. From Peterson to, I'm reading about Carl Whiteskin, who was the one searching for Bobby Fischer, the Taoist, the Tao, <laughs> Tao Te Ching, Sun Tzu. Everyone talks about comfort in discomfort. That's the bottom line, right? You're saying you, you had your set of principles, but you kept going and finding your identity by being uncomfortable. And you realize when you got comfortable, you had to bounce from that. So I think that super important, everyone understand, you know, identity is ever changing, but the things that form within you to base that so that you can deal with these changes is what's most important. And, um, you know.
0: All right, so who am I today? I am extremely still an extremely proud Cuban American um, my heritage is definitely one of the most important foundations of my life um a mother of two and a white mom a wife and I now I am I am a 33 year old female Jewish Cuban adult who is is now I'm like going through a new identity. My new identity, I, mean, I don't even know who the fuck I am. Like, what, let's start over.
1: No, oh, that's great. So you're saying that it consistently changes. Like, yeah, like, awesome. is, who
0: I am is like, you know who I am? I'm happy with where I am. Let's say that like, I am happy when I wake up. I feel content with the person that I'm becoming. I feel that every day I'm taking strides in improving who I am. And that took a long time to get there. This idea of med- meditation and this idea of, fulfillment and this idea of finding purpose is a new path for me. And it took this long for me to embrace it and want to know more. So right now I actually, am in the process of continuing to find out my greater purpose. That's really my evolutionary. I really, now that I have checked all the major life boxes, let's say, and I'm so fulfilled and satisfied with my life is now I'm asking myself, well, what's next And, and what's, what can I do more? And, and, and I'm almost like I'm almost asking for the change. If someone asks
1: me who I am, I'm the ever-changing, ever-evolving...
0: Most annoying know, man in the world.
1: You know, he <laughs> 41-year-old father, Hebrew beast, constantly striving for more, constantly pushing to see what I can do in this body while I have this time on earth, right? I think that for me, I put myself in a position that each day is my own battle, my own progression, and as the blind Zen master says, we'll see what it all becomes. So, I forgot to say you know, something
0: really important.
1: Well thanks for cutting me off. Well we I think this is I an important really part of who This
0: well this is the whole point. This is an important part of who we are and oh, I forgot wow. to okay. say like oh it's an important part of who we are? Yes yeah. let us know. Finding you was a huge part of my identity and I don't mean that in a cheesy way because everyone knows that we're not that well like we're not that cheesy couple but i think that finding a partner no joke who has helped me or inspired me wait let's say inspired because eric does inspire me to go on this journey like seeing not influence. him not influence no Whoa! no because he's tried. he tried, <laughs> he he tried for, for a long that. time to influence and like it doesn't work that way but finding someone who can motivate and inspire you in whatever way to continue to evolve yourself and encourages that and then sticks with you through it i think is is a huge part of my identity because i don't think that i would fully understand who i am right now if i wasn't part of our equation
1: high five to the brody a
0: soto brody dude soto brody